welcome to this conscious life. In this world where we are relentlessly plugged in, yet increasingly disconnected, forever doing, yet so rarely just being, overwhelmed with unending information, yet still longing for the truth, it's time to come up for air. Here we create space for you to breathe, to reflect, to feel, to recall who you are when you are not doing, chasing, wanting, who you are when you allow yourself to trust, surrender, feel and flow. Our regular gentle reflections which focus intuitively on all that is happening in nature around us month by month, offer breathing space in the busiest day, space to nourish and nurture, rest and restore, just as nature intended. Autumn's Harvest, how to nourish the landscape of your life and reap the rewards of your own loving work. I felt this tangible shift on the autumn equinox. It was as though summer had just sort of taken a bow and autumn had had sort of swept into the room. All of a sudden things felt brisker, cooler, the winds had picked up. When we think of autumn, we think of the trees shedding their leaves and bare branches and actually a feeling sometimes of emptiness. And it's natural at this time of year for us to ask ourselves, or even if we're not consciously asking the question, to wonder and feel a little bit unsettled and untethered as we feel into who we are without all of these leaves, these full branches. Who are we without our veils and our shields, our clothes and our masks? Who is beneath all of that? You know, who are we when the winds of autumn blow through us beyond just the flesh and the bone? Things really thin and lighten in autumn. We lose hair very naturally. We can, you know, we hold on to our hair a lot more in spring and summer. And um, you might find that, you know, when you brush your hair, you just, you lose a bit more at this time of year. It's very natural. Our skin loses moisture. Things dry up and they dry out. But interestingly, with this rise in air, this futter quality in the atmosphere and in the season around us, also comes a rise in prana. And prana is life energy and life force. So often in autumn, there's a sense that things start to shift in a way that makes us feel more vitalized, clearer, motivated in a way actually that has us welcoming autumn, whereas perhaps we might feel very uh, resistant to winter, autumn feels like a, a gentler path and a promising one. I've, I've really felt that shift in energy, a sense that things are sort of vibrating all around me, 
um, that there's this sort of buzz and hum in the air. And with the movement of the wind, you know, the, pick, the picking up of the wind, the air and the ether elements in the atmosphere, this is what happens typically in autumn, um, that vata rises. And vata is the dosha that's characterized by your ether and your air elements. So there is a sense that there's new winds blowing in and they offer new perspectives and potentially lots of light bulb moments, you know, where you sort of step back and think, oh, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking about. That's where I've been headed or this is, this is what I want to do. Why does that happen? Well, I think it's because we're actually given an invitation to slow down a bit after summer's race and rush. You know, summer is characterized by the fire that we have in our bellies, where we tend to accomplish so much because the days are so much longer. So we work later into the evening, knowing that we'll still have daylight when we leave work. So often we push on longer than we should when we might rise earlier too, because the sun obviously rises earlier, so we're awoken by light. When the sun in the sky supports our own agni and our digestive fire and our metabolism and fuels us more, drives us more, so we have more energy. So we're led by nature. So as, you know, as we lose daylight, as the sun becomes less prevalent and less visible, um, something we see less and less of up in the sky and feel less of on our skin, we are signaled, you know, nature lets us know that it's, it's going somewhere else now. It's not all about the obviousness of the heat and the, the sort of uh, visceral, reaction to that, that nature is slowing down, that growth is slowing. This is a time to harvest. The growing has been done. The growing that, that began in the soil that, that became, made itself known in spring and that, um, came to fruition in summer is now harvested. And there's less energy going into growth. And it may be that the seeds that we sowed in spring, literally, in terms of what's growing in your garden or pots or planters, are coming to fruition now. And also in other areas of your life where there are ideas, perhaps you came out of winter with a real vision, with a real focus, and you sowed those seeds in spring and yet now you're starting to see the fruit of your labours. It's a beautiful reflection of what's happening around us too. But some words of gentle caution at this time of year. It's very easy to get lost in dreams at this time of year. Because we're moving from a very driven, focused doing energy, which predominates in summer, towards a natural kind of elemental shift up towards the air and the ether elements, it's easy for us to get carried away on that ether too. And we can let our dreams overtake us. We can find that we're spending a lot more time with our thoughts. We might feel more introspective. We might also find actually that we find it harder to make decisions. Um, that we decide on something one day, wake the next and 
and are not so sure anymore that it's hard to get a handle on our thoughts and hard to cement them and root them. Well, in Ayurveda, we we use opposites to balance one another. So at a time of year when we are naturally more surrounded by ether and air, we look to balance that, that, that lightness, dryness, windiness, and all of those changeable qualities of autumn with, with their opposite. So things like reliability, routine, steadfastness, deep nourishment, warmth and groundedness. I, I, I hadn't realized how long it had been since I'd had a really deep kind of luxurious bath where, you know, you fill the tub three quarters full and I added lots of, um, dead sea salts to the, to the water and a big glug of, of our homemade rose and calendula oil. And my goodness, it, it was, it was as though that the entirety of my body exhaled when I sank into the water. You know, it honestly felt as though every single connection in my body was just smiling and surrendering and releasing. I think we so rarely realise how much tension we lock into our bodies. And even when we feel that we're sitting comfortably or we're resting, you know, we're often still very stiff or rigid in places. And being in water, when of course we become weightless, and our bones and our joints aren't taking our weight anymore. They're allowed to soften and release their load so they're not working, they're being held by the water. It just feels like the most powerful and most kind of soul-salving ritual. And it was one that I enjoyed so deeply and it was a reminder. It was a very natural instinct on the first it might actually have been the equinox. I think it probably was looking back on it. Um, a very natural instinct within my body, within my spirit to run a bath and pour oil in it and salt, salt, um, salt balances butter, sweet, salty and sour tastes. And the saltiness, saltiness is, is, you know, from the ocean. It's from the, from the from the sea and it's elemental and it's the it's mineral rich and it brings our bodies absorb it and it sort of grounds us and roots us again so a salty bath with lots of oil oil again is something that vata needs so much of so just taking the time to to prepare this bath and sink into it on a day when i hankered after it so so powerfully was was a really lovely reminder to listen and to make enough time to do these things. Um, and it's, it's something in autumn, which I, and winter, I think really comes into its own that the rituals that surround bathing and there's something I'll explore a lot more in future episodes. Autumn's also a time when I think that idea of comfort, um, winter too, of course, really starts to come back into into prior, and it becomes a priority again. It becomes, comes back into my awareness so much more. And I almost revert back to wanting those sort of baby foods where I want soft and silken, warm, unctuous textures. And I, 
just automatically start making more dal, want porridge in the morning, I want thick velvety soups rather than thin zingy broths. I, I don't personally eat dairy, but I do eat eggs from, from our local biodynamic farm. And I enjoy eggs more in autumn and winter because I find them so heating in the summer. I've got a very fiery, pitta constitution. And I think, you know, we, we talk a lot about green vegetables and, you know, at this time of year, if it is typically autumnal, you know, our weather isn't particularly reliable, I know, but if it, if it does feel autumnal and it's brisk and breezy and, and, and bright and cool, those bitter and astringent greens are less useful because they put more air into us and they raise vata. You know, I do still enjoy the seasonal greens that are coming through. We've got some broccoli, we've got cabbage in the ground, um, but I'll add oil to it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll make it more grounding. So I'll bring it down from the air um, where it resides and coat it in oil. And if you have dairy, then grass-fed butter or ghee in particular, um, are, are just the, the, the ideal partner for greens at this time of year. One balances the other. So in autumn, you know, we do need more rooting and more grounding. So I, I personally don't, I don't ever eat any raw foods really beyond the autumn equinox. We had a really unexpected hot day, uh, recently at the very end of September in England, in the south of England, um, where it was kind of mid twenties, really sunny. Um, and it was probably the very last time that I thought to myself, I'd quite like a salad. <laughs> but um, beyond this point in the year, it's just not, not not something I crave at all. And it's not something I ever consciously decided to do. It's just, it's completely feeling based. It's not, it's not, it's not a, a decision that I've, I've actively made. It just doesn't feel right or good for me to eat raw vegetables or cold salads or, or any uncooked food really when the weather shifts away from from summer's sort of flare and fire, my body just doesn't really want it. And even with apples and pears, which we're getting plenty of now, I'm much more likely to poach them or stew them or make them into crumbles or compots. Um, I love steepers actually, just um, cutting some, some lovely juicy slices of apple and pear and putting them in hot water with a big cinnamon stick star anise cardamom letting it all steep uh it's a beautiful drink it feels like a really autumnal drink for me and it's something i again i i will forget about it for the for the whole of the year autumn will arrive and i'll suddenly start craving the cinnamony apple steepers that that i always make at this time of year I will say, and I say this a lot, I know, but I think it's such an important thing to have in mind, particularly with so much, so much that's being, um, shared at the moment with, with regards Ayurveda, which is just so joyous. It's Ayurveda is really, um, it feels like a bit of a, a renewed time for it, actually. Lots of people showing real interest in it. But, what I, what I will say in any Ayurvedic practitioner or doctor will say this, you know, every day has its own very particular qualities and the decisions you make each day must be based on those qualities. You know, some autumn days will feel precisely like winter. They'll be extremely wet and cold. 
rather than typically autumnal, which is characteristically cold, yes, but also quite bright, quite clear, um, windy in particular. Um, and the wetness is something we associate with winter, not autumn, when we talk about this season in general. So just be mindful of what the day feels like to you, and not just the weather. You know, ask yourself how things feel. Does the day have a frenzied, frenetic, sort of you know, untethered energy to it, where you feel, say, you're, you're lost in a sea of thoughts or a sea of doing, or just racing around, because that will raise vata even further? Or do you wake with a really slow, heavy, lethargic feeling? You know, so you wake up in a fog and your senses can feel quite dulled because that's that's a very kapha energy where we just feel leaden and it's quite hard to shake ourselves awake to sort of, we just feel we're carrying our sleep around with us. We haven't properly stepped out of it. So just be mindful of what will counterbalance these qualities. So for example, you know, if you are taking a flight, if you're getting on an aeroplane in autumn, be mindful of how you are essentially adding even more ether and air because you're rising up into the, into the sky and you're away from earth, literally. And you're doing this at a time of year when we are already far less likely to be rooted and grounded because vata all around us is rising. So think about how you can counterbalance this in every possible way from, you know, wearing warming layers, wool, cashmere, thick cotton, and layering up again is a natural counterbalance to the shedding of all the layers that happen around us in autumn. So you're helping yourself stay grounded, you're helping yourself stay stay warm and rooted. Think about the colours that you might surround yourself with. You know, the airy qualities of vata are beautifully counterbalanced by reds, golds, bronzes, you know, all of those fire-hued shades in our spectrum, which, of course, is why nature provides us with this incredible blazing display each autumn. And why, too, which is very important, a long, slow, peaceful walk where you're well wrapped up and walking through a beautiful autumnal landscape. Well, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the best description, prescription for a flighty, ungrounded vata disposition. It's the, it's the ideal natural antidote to anyone who's feeling really untethered and has an excess of vata. Just, a long, slow walk through an autumnal canopy of trees where you are warm and wrapped up and comfortable. It's just perfect natural antidote. And quite aside from, you know, the physical exercise and natural surroundings which benefit us when we take these beautiful walks are other benefits because when we, when we, walk out in nature at times of seasonal shift and change the act of aligning ourselves and putting ourselves into nature's own 
nature's own garden and being there and um, witnessing and feeling the changes help realign our own rhythms and our own flow. You know, doing so invites us to take stock, as we often do when we walk. And just as we see the deciduous trees letting go of all of their annual growth, or indeed just preparing to do so, and as their leaves move from that verdant, lush vitality to a more brittle and that shimmering kind of metallic shade, well, we receive those cues too. Autumn is inviting us toward the darkness because the darkness is inevitable. We are moving that way, whether we like it or not. You know, we cannot live in an eternal summer when we do without end and just carry on and push and work incredibly hard and just achieve so much without really drawing breath, that's not sustainable. The seasons offer us reprieve. Their rhythms teach us so much. If only we would listen, if only we would respond. The sun is setting on the season that went before and the earth's axis has moved further away from the sun. So we are going into the night of our year. And at night time, we have more opportunity for stillness. And in autumn and winter, we have more time at home. We tend to take more time to eat dinner. We have fewer nocturnal plans often. We feel the instinct to ready our nests for hibernation. Often in spring we have that kind of spring cleaning gush of energy, but in autumn too we can feel overtaken with an urge to clear out what we no longer need. For me September definitely possesses that energy too. I think partly because you know my girls go into a new school year and then I feel I'm sort of left at home surveying the land and the damage. <laughs> I want to I want to move and clear and deeply clean. And I find myself reassessing our needs. I often that's often the time in the year when I actually finally get round to working through the unread pile of mail or pulling pages out of magazines and sticking them into into my sort of keepsake books, things that spark inspiration. Or when I settle down with my library books and just copy out some passages. There's a feeling in autumn of being able to assimilate information and you do that through the process of clearing, clearing things that build up in summer that you then sort through with all of the unnecessaries then shed in autumn. I look around and I can see a clearer path all of a sudden as autumn does that. There's a sense of how the trees part and suddenly the picture and the perspective shifts and I get to see something new, which takes me back to our opening thought. What is left of us when we lose the leaves and the layers that we have concealed ourselves behind? When all of those leaves and layers fall away to reveal 
our core, our essence. There's a poem I remember from childhood, well, childhood, probably my teens, by um, Rainer Maria Rilke, and it's about autumn, and I always found it very bleak. (laughs) It must have been in a book that I had at home that I would have read a few times, because it's really stuck in my mind. I came across that poem again very recently. It's called Autumn Days. And what was really interesting was that my view on it and my feelings towards the poem had changed. I read it and I didn't find it bleak. I found it very truthful. And actually I could understand what the sort of core truth, the universal truth that the poem held. And it's something that really aligns with everything I've been saying in this episode that we need to to consciously surround ourselves in autumn with all that we might need to sustain ourselves through winter. Because if we don't lay down our nourished, golden, heart-strengthening foundations now and spirit-strengthening foundations now, we won't make it. That may sound really bleak, but it's true. You know, the years when I have most struggled in winter, when I have prayed for winter to be gone, when I have been sick of it, when I just, I I really have fantasised every day about getting on a plane and going somewhere hot. Well, there have been the years when I've just soldiered on and just ignored the fact that the seasons had changed. There were times in my life when I thought I could live in the doing energy of summer all year round. And it was only when my life changed irrevocably, when we, when we left our old life behind, our London life, our jobs, our flat, our friends, and we moved to a little cottage in a quiet little village where we're surrounded by ancient woodland, that I really began to understand what it meant to feed the spirit to have to feed the spirit. It's, there's no other way to get through winter. You're just as we fill our log store every year with seasoned wood so that we know we can keep our stove blazing through winter. It's probably the main source of our heat in winter because we live in a 250-year-old cottage and we have installed central heating, but it's not particularly effective in some of the oldest parts of the house where heat just escapes, escapes like steam from a, you know, cup of tea. Um, so just as we fill our log store, we have to do the same with our bodies and our hearts and our spirits. We have to bolster and strengthen ourselves. We have to feed and nourish and support and rest, restore and heal. Because we reap in winter every little bit of love that we sow into the soil of our lives right now. I'm going to read the Rainer Maria Wilke poem and I hope you can see what I mean about it. Perfectly reflecting where we are at this point in the year and why we need to 
nourish ourselves now and create a framework for shelter and goodness before we move into the end of our year, before we move into the darkness of winter. So it's called Autumn Days. After the summer's yield, Lord, it is time to let your shadow lengthen on the sundials, and in the pastures let the rough winds fly. As for the final fruits, coax them to roundness. Direct on them two days of warmer light to hail them golden toward their term, and harry the last few drops of sweetness through the wine. Whoever is homeless now will build no shelter. Who lives alone will live indefinitely so. Waking up to read a little, draft long letters, and along the city's avenues, fitfully wonder when the wild leaves loosen. To listen to more episodes, subscribe at iTunes. And to learn more about living a more conscious life, visit us at thisconsciouslife.co. Thank you for listening.